Greetings, everybody. This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented to you, the listener, by GolfGuide.net, an excellent online resource for finding discounted rounds of golf all across Northern California, as well as learning information about each and every golf course on the Pacific Coast. So if you have not done so already, I implore you to visit GolfGuide.net and check it out. And without any further delay, let's jump into it. Mr. Stemak is here with another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Serlo, joined by frequent co-host good friend mr boat himself mr jess steemack boat it after a couple week layoff my friend it is it is good to be back with you it is it is indeed <laughs> uh, i know it's uh, been a couple weeks uh, i am still currently uh in the country of south korea uh, broadcasting from a basement apartment in the lovely <laughs> metropolis of seoul uh you know, f- fighting off a, a rather long night, but you know what? There's nothing that gets my juices flowing like a good, riveting conversation about slow play on the PGA Tour. So I, I'm I am ready to go, Boat. Um, whew, with that all being said, uh, before we actually get to the slow play conversation, which uh, I was telling you beforehand is probably going to take up what I would consider to be the majority of this podcast, um, we'd be doing the 2018 Masters Champion a disservice if we didn't at least briefly mention Patrick Reed's return to the top of the podium, I, I, I shouldn't say that. Unexpected. I, yeah, I, I mean, unexpected. It, I mean, the, the guy admittedly has been on a pretty nice little run since the Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage Classic, but uh, fuck, man, I, I did not see that coming. Under the radar, big time. <laughs> uh, I don't Talking know. about lots yeah. of other people and other stuff off the golf course, and Jesus. Um, boy, they, boy, social media has really – opened up some avenues and given given some people some voices and uh it seems like it just kind of spirals and it's we're in the middle of fedex cup playoffs and we're talking about (laughs) pace of play (laughs) and one rider overheard bryson walk up to brooks's caddy and say have your boss come talk to me in person it's it's he like a soap a bunch opera. of shit. He could say it to my face. Yeah, it's uh, God, not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I'm trying to think of, and, and again, I, we'll, we'll probably get to this, but like, do, do you think this is more of an indictment of how compelling or perhaps uncompelling the golf's playoff format is? <laughs> Slow week, I guess. Yeah. You know, second second week of the playoffs, we're still talking about this. It's yeah. like. Oh, I mean, let's talk about like you said. How is Patrick Reed number two? <laughs> that does, all right, how was yeah. how was that happening? Yeah, okay. So yeah, that, that's the thing. I think maybe Patrick Reed's win and his his vault from fiftieth to second in the season long FedEx, FedEx Cup standings um, really might just be an indictment of how broken and just non consequential like the, the PGA Tour's playoffs is. I haven't even looked. Like, where's he stand? President's Cup. Like, is he is Captain America going to make his 
his presence known? I, I mean, did that boost him quite a bit? I, I think it boosted him quite a bit, not to the point where he is a like a guaranteed lock, but I think you know the, from the few okay, things that I was but, reading yeah. over the weekend, it's like you know Tiger Woods is now going to have a decision to make. Um, and admittedly, you know, y- you could make an argument that he would be good for Team USA in this Presidents Cup because, like, as I mentioned, since the Rocket Mortgage Classic, he's basically just kind of been under the radar collecting top twenty fives. And then finally, kind of broke through with a win this past weekend at the Northern Trust. Um, admittedly, well, because he's of the, been there before. We know that we know the format's great for him. Yeah, yeah. His I mean, Ryder Cup record and it's it's awesome. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so can Captain yeah, I mean, America if do it though on foreign soil? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, you know you got like Webb. Tiger told him to play better, and he went out and finished second. You yeah, know what right. I mean? <laughs> so, are they still doing eight and four, eight auto, four picks? I, I cannot answer that think, question because I, I just don't know the answer. Are, yeah, I don't think it's ten and two. I think it's I think it's eight and four. I think uh, they, they they both uh, the presidents and Ryder Cup went that that route. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got to think Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed are two of the four, and then I I don't even think Ricky's qualified, but he's been playing like poop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like you look at these little things, and it's a bunch of little side stories. You know what I mean? Like usually in the past, we're like, okay, you. People have barely mentioned the Tiger is the President's Cup captain. You know right. what I mean? Like, I know, it's in December. I know it's I know oh. it's in December now, but like there had been more lead up to recent, you know, matches. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, just Patrick Reed kind of out of nowhere out with of nowhere. A, just a really solid, <laughs> really solid. The guy was hooping putts. Just uh. I watched a decent amount, not not as much as I probably would a regular, you know, in, uh, FedEx Cup in the years past. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of big names uh, chasing him. You know what I mean? No. Like Dustin Johnson fell wayside. Uh, Spieth had a pretty good, fun, you know. And hey, we got to talk about Spieth. Like, is he maybe, maybe round in the corner? Um, he had what he finish? Uh, it's another top ten. Um, I hope so. Right. I, I would like, say this. Is Jordan Speed going to be left off the President's Cup team? Is that, I mean... I think it's highly, highly possible. And I will say this. If Jordan Spieth just got to skip Saturdays and just got to play Thursday, Friday, Sunday, oh. I, I would love, love his chances to win any given golf tournament. I, the, the moving day woes for Jordan Spieth, I, I find to be absolutely perplexing. I, I have no idea why he's so incapable of playing halfway decent golf on Saturday. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, what... He goes like sixty some, sixty something, seventy four, backed in the sixties. And it's who just... used to play terrible on Saturdays, like in the last ten years? Who was that? I mean, Where I'm, they just could I'm pretty bad on Saturdays. Get over the, <laughs> they couldn't get over the hump. I freak like he'd have a great Thursday and Friday. With, I want to say was it Ricky? No. Dustin I mean, Johnson? Dustin, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They just you know, they couldn't get over the hump. Well, I mean, sure. I, I, again, I, I didn't really you know, I watched Nothing but highlights of the Northern Trust this past weekend, right? Like I didn't actually get to yeah. watch any of the tournament live. the The time change and, and the, you know time zone difference just made it impossible. Um, however, w- wasn't I seeing that Dustin Johnson was leading this tournament after Friday with you know two pretty stellar rounds Thursday, yeah, Friday, and then I never like, heard anything from him again. He was like twelve under. He, he shot like eight under, four under, and then uh, at some point on Sunday he was at like seven. So I think he shot three or four over or five over on Saturday. It's like what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, it's four rounds. It's four rounds. You know, I mean, 
You got to <laughs> your bad your bad round has got to be. You know, we talked about this. Your bad round's got to be even or one under. Exactly. Can't be five over. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and, and that's what uh-huh. Peary did. I mean, that's the thing. As much as uh, as much as you and I, I can you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think I, I can safely say that he's, he's not our favorite just, golfer, is he? <laughs> just the, the the holding back, the smile, and the just God, he's just he's like a caricature. It's um, <laughs> uh, I I don't even think he doesn't like he doesn't. I don't even think he knows like how big of a Daryl he comes off as. You know what I mean? Do you think just he the way he talks he's like? Tell kind me, of, you. Kind of I think I. He might be. Like, He's like I actually you, am cooler than all of you. And you're like, mm, he might wake you? up, look in the mirror, and be like, and gosh darn it, people like me. You know what I mean, <laughs> Stuart Smalley. Uh, but did tell me? I think I sent you the video of him breaking the. Uh, what do you call it? Like the gavel, I guess. Yes. When he opened the stock, <laughs> the stock exchange the next morning on the third one. That was that was the most genuine uh, reaction we've seen from the guy. I feel like, like that was classic. The thing just goes flying up in the air, and he looks at the guy to his right, and they just start cracking up. Uh, like I think that was the most genuine I've seen Patrick Reed. I think that's probably the most I've ever liked Patrick Reed. <laughs> oh by by far, great looking jacket. Uh, look, that was a great looking polo jacket. I, I was surprised. Way better than some of those ugly as Nike shirts he's wearing. Well, I mean, shit, man. His jacket was only like what a, a single color. I mean, to see Patrick Reed in anything less than five or six different colors simultaneously seemed a little odd for me. He looked like Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. Uh yeah, man. It's it's crazy. I, it, to, to kind of go back to what we were talking about before, I based on what he just did at the Northern Trust and what he's done the last like month and a half or two months, you got to think that he's got a really good chance right now to make the President's Cup team. And I guess the question I'll ask you then is, what would you need to see from him in the next two playoff uh, playoff tournaments to think that he's an absolute lock to play at I Royal think, Melbourne in December? I think he already is. Uh, yeah, okay. Just after the win, we've seen him, how he gets when he's playing good. I think I'm a top five player in the world. Confidence is, he's been lacking that confidence. Now he's freaking 10 feet tall again. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I expect nothing but really good play out of him down the stretch. Do you think Justine is going to be taking what percentage of the credit for his win this past weekend? I want to know if he uh, went to uh, is Guy Fury's restaurant in Manhattan <laughs> still open? <laughs> oh, oh, that is phenomenal! The greatest April oh. Fools ever. God, that is fucking um, hilarious. I, st- I honestly stand by the fact – I like the fact that I was completely duped because it was just so good. I, I wanted to believe Me it too. so bad. It was, at the time, it was so great, and oh. then immediately my brain was like, mm-hmm, April 1st, Justin. <laughs> that's, uh, oh, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, all right, man. I, I got a couple – just two two other notes yeah, I want to in. touch. He's in. Okay. He's in. Okay. He's in. Two other notes from the Northern Trust uh, before we move on here. Um, it's the one thing that none of us wanted to see, but after a couple holes – it would seem pretty clear that it was going to be very possible, and now the rest of the season very much in jeopardy for one Eldrick Tiger Woods, uh, withdrawing, citing as soon as a he oblique said, strain. As soon as he said, talked about that, and st- you know, first it was back stiffness, right, mm-hmm. on, on Wednesday or whatever. Right. As soon as he said that, I knew the withdrawal was coming. I just didn't know if it was going to happen like on the weekend, on Thursday, on Friday. Like We've seen this playbook before. I'm watching yeah. him walk in the parking lot today. Guy looks like he's got a stick up his butt. He doesn't look healthy. No. No. Looked like he was walking gingerly in the parking lot. Just hanging up, Tiger. You don't, don't, I mean, what are you doing, dude? Took you so long to get back, right? Just rest. 
That's what I'm saying. I mean, what, don't, what... don't pick yourself for the President's Cup. Go have a blast. Be a team captain. You're playing like garbage anyways. You, would, you wouldn't be able to play yourself and justify it. No. Right? No. Absolutely so, not. Just shut it down. Drive around in a cart and watch. Like president's uh, like uh, you know, like the captains do. Just go be a captain, dude. Mm-hmm. You had a, I mean, you won a major. The year is a success, huge success. Exactly. So, just as our good buddy Steve Draper, Dreyfus Ranger used to say, is just relax and have a coke, Tiger. Yeah. It it just, I mean, selfishly, I want to see many many more years of Tiger Woods, you know, playing competitive professional golf, but. I mean, at the same time, if there was ever going to be a moment in his career where I'd be somewhat okay with him sort of taking his foot off the gas pedal and just kind of walking away, I feel like a year where he comes back to win win the Masters after a you know eleven year major hiatus is it's not a bad time to do it. Spend some time with your family like yeah. Jack did. Mm. You know, the spot start like Freddie with the bad back. The guy's still playing and he's still playing well because he knows he can't push it. Right, right. I, I don't know. Just, Did, when do you think we Give see Tiger Woods next? Uh, I, I hope he doesn't play the rest of the year. I mean, of course, we, it would be great to see him down the stretch in one of these final two events, but I don't think he plays any of the fall events. No, no. Um, I, I hope he honestly just, hey, go play nine holes in Florida where it's warm. Shut it down. <laughs> keep working out. Stay flexible, but don't quit shoving earth into, you know, steel into the earth. Three or four hundred times a day. Let your back rest up. Exactly. Be ready for next year. Exactly. I mean, it, personally, if it was up to me, the the next tournament I'd like to see Tiger Woods playing in is at Kapalua. The, the, to me, that would be a great a, a oh. great next tournament for Tiger to play in. We somehow get Ernie a special invite, so winners only <laughs> tournament. Re, replay the duel, yeah. captain versus captain. That'd be awesome. Oh, that would be phenomenal. Um, all right, so moving on from Tiger here, um, one last note I wanted to ask you about, and again, I was not able to actually watch any of this Northern Trust in real time, but kind of reading um, the dispatches you know, from the various writers about everything, um, I was very impressed and thought it was awesome. Uh, Abraham Answer basically coming through, had a chance to force a playoff with Patrick Reed uh, on the 18th hole, basically had a long lag putt, and he could have basically lagged it up there, given himself a tap in, to guarantee solo second um, because the way it was described in these articles was that the putt was a little tricky. If he had gone past the hole, there was a little bit of a downslope. He may have left himself kind of a tricky, challenging putt coming back. And, you know, the, the smart thing would have been just to kind of lag it up there and give himself a tap in for a solo second. And I mean, because he the, did not get cheated on his cuts, Kyle. No, no, dude, he went for it. He, he, I, I respect he blew like the stones. Pass. Yeah. I that respect was, the stones. Dude, and then he absolutely just dead center hooped. The twelve footer. Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, just like confidently walked savage. it in. Just like, yeah, the guys. I, I, dude, is his driver shaft like fifty inches long? <laughs> Chichi Rodriguez style. The swing he made coming down the stretch. I'm like, dude, that shaft looks so long. <laughs> it might be, or I just could have been looking at something off. But uh, I want to go like he needs to win so they can do the thing like wh- what's in the winner's bag. Yes, exactly. I gotta believe. I gotta believe. I don't know. I might do some surfing on the internet um that's got it i looks at least an inch over yeah he's not a big guy yeah it's very possible and actually you know what thank you for bringing that up because i just realized that i watched something that i found was pretty interesting i wanted to get your take on it and that is um david dusek of golf week um after patrick reed's win was talking about how reed within the last week or two made a change to his ball that he took 
the Pro V1, the 2019 Pro V1 Tour Edition ball out of play and actually started using the 2017 version of the Pro V1 again because he was claiming that he was getting a little really? more pop. He said he was hitting the ball a little bit higher uh, with his uh, short irons and his wedges and that basically it was allowing him to come in into greens at a little bit of a steeper angle and he said he noticed a massive difference between the 2017 Pro V and this year's tour edition of the Pro V1, which I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, especially when you're talking about golf ball technology. where Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd think that it's only getting better and better. And I, I can't imagine Higher anybody would want to go and, backwards. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought that Good was pretty interesting. You, you have any thoughts on that? That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guy clearly knows his – he, so he's looking at launch and everything. Right. Um, spin rate, carry. So he's – and that's – that's the, the game has changed, Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know – 20 years ago, there's none of that going on. <laughs> no. You're, you're playing the ball that the guy gives you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you play you're playing the ball, it, you're paid. You play to, it until it cuts, yeah. and then you move on. You're playing the ball, you're, you're getting paid to play. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so I'm sure Titleist is freaking assembling a team to put out that fire. Well, I mean, um, the crazy thing is, like, I, I, I don't recall exactly, like, when he won the Masters, I don't really remember what was in his bag, but uh, in that same little video that David Dusek was doing when he was talking about him rolling back and going back to a 2017 Pro V1, he was also saying that he's basically just got a hodgepodge of clubs in his bag. Like, he's we're using a ping mm-hmm. driver, he's using Titleist fairway woods, he went back to, like, an old set of Callaway, like, uh, muscle back irons that he wasn't Yeah, he, using. Went to re- he went back to the Razors. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you remember the name of that. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting. It's kind of funny that, you know, Patrick Reed is basically just using whatever clubs he feels is working best rather than going through a completely stock, you know, sponsorship, you know, playing all the same brand of, of everything. And oddly enough, the best player in the world is doing the exact same thing. Brooks Kepka just uses whatever he thinks works best. I mean, he's got like Mizuno irons. I think maybe he's using a TaylorMade yeah, driver. I mean, he's still got he's still got that Nike hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's like a crossover driving mm-hmm. iron or whatever. Yeah, no, it's. I just saw a thing too. Kevin Chapel, he's got like. He's got like four different kinds of clubs in his back. Yeah, right. He's you know saying how he finally found the right mix and yeah, these guys make so much money now, Kyle, that they don't have to take the extra hundred grand or two hundred grand a year to you know just just play this driver, right. just use this putter, just use these wedges. Um, they're able to kind of explore. Yeah. Well, I, I do wonder if this is basically going to start a trend where, like you just said, like we're going to see more and more guys kind of going away from um, the full bag sponsorship deal and just finding the clubs that work best for them regardless of manufacturer. And, you know, if anything, I think for amateur golfers, that actually is going to be great because, you know, all that bullshit we mm-hmm. see on commercials like, oh, the most played driver on tour is like, oh, so you, you pay more yeah. guys on tour to play your driver than any other company. That's cool. That doesn't yeah. really help me at all. Like if we actually right. have guys playing the clubs that work best for them, I think it benefits everybody, especially you know the amateur golfers and the consumers, because then we can actually find, hey, what clubs do the best golfers in the world think work best? Uh, to me, that would be way more valuable. Oh yeah. So no, totally. It's uh, no, it's it's yeah, like I said, Titleist is probably scrambling. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, everything's supposed to be better and higher and straighter and you know better around the greens, but uh, yeah, good more for speed, Patrick boat, more good speed for, good for Patrick Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we were talking about Chapel. Uh, well, let's keep it in Northern California. My good buddy and teammate, Chris Mazzaletti from Chico, California. Yes. Um, just got hired as Walter Chun's assistant coach at Cal Berkeley. No kidding. 100%. Congratulations. He was at, uh, that is phenomenal. He, he was at New Mexico for a couple of years, and 
he's making his way back to the bay. Hell yeah. Oh man, and, and not, not not just back to the bay, but back to one of the most elite, you know, collegiate golf programs in the country. <laughs> thank, <That's... laughs> thank you, thank you, Colin Morikawa, right. <laughs> among other Max Homa, Brandon Hake. I mean, these guys, Michael Kim, the Cal is James Tong. These guys are. This is going to be a cool, man. man. It's a, it's a power. It I is mean, between Stanford and Cal. I mean, it's it. Dude, the Pac-12. Are you Ooh. kidding me? Like Pac-12, Big Twelve, SECs fallen off just only in like recent years and i want to say recent years like two years right you know what i mean right but uh college golf dude it's college golf it's really really good right now and and you know what that's actually a perfect way to segue here real quick because before we jump into the slow play stuff if we're talking about collegiate golf obviously all the guys playing at the collegiate level are playing you know amateur you know high level amateur golf i kind of forgot with everything going on and with me being you know on the other other side of the world i forgot the fucking u.s amateur is going on right now Deuce, damn, that Deuce is wild. and Quattro. Yeah, the best player, best amateur players in the world are at Pinehurst, um, and you know, I, yeah, it's, another it's local crazy, guy, Brandon. Man. Brandon Wu has stayed hot. Stayed hot, opening sixty-five uh, for you know the stroke play portion of the AM. I admittedly, man, it, this is something that you and I briefly said before we started recording, and that is, you know, with Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, and those guys, you know, all those basically very recognizable. Uh, sort of nationally known amateur golfers moving on to the pro circuit, it seems like this tournament's got far less star power than it did in the like yeah, the past year or two. I mean, we're gonna have it. It's it's hey, next man up mentality. It's right. Brandon Wu. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes over to Europe, qualifies for the British Open. Not many college players do that. No. Like oh. that's come on. So something special was going on there. Um, I'm assuming he's gonna return to Stanford. Unless yeah, he <laughs> maybe because you know, they're they're changing. You saw that they are changing their stance on having to stay amateur to receive an exemption into those tournaments. Right, right. You saw that. That's that's the greatest thing the USGA has ever done. <laughs> you're kind of like holding them, you know, like Basically you're hostage. almost like holding almost almost holding them hostage to you know it's kind of like the same way that the NCA does with uh, not letting freshmen leave. Right. You know what I mean? Um, in football, but, uh, yeah, it's, these guys are good enough. Colin Morikawa had zero status. Victor Hovland, zero status. He almost got, you know, inside the, you know, to get his card. Obviously Matthew Wolf status. Morikawa got into the BMW. He's the only one out of those guys that got in the BMW. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And he literally turned pro and was like, all right, you know, JJ's caddying for me. He's like, all right, we got these six sponsors invites. We'll try him Monday and a couple other. Next thing you know, he's made a gazillion dollars, and if he has a really good week this week, he's got a chance to go to the you know the final thirty. Yeah, tour championship. It's crazy. It's absolutely wild, man. And again, I love how these guys. And I, I'm I am actually more than happy to eat crow on this because I, I I believe you and me were talking not not that long ago about how we shouldn't be expecting too much out of these young guys. That to ask you know, a twenty two oh, we're going twenty one year old we are going to flip we're going to flip flop on that one yeah. so bad. <laughs> Like these that's guys, gonna be these young guys are flavor incredible. of the day. That's gonna be soup du jour. <laughs> these guys are it f- might be one year where there's a bunch of really solid players, and it, you know it takes them a while. This year, those three guys were like, "Where's my locker?" Right. <laughs> do you think <laughs> or, with with the change of the USGA Bay? Do you think Victor Hovland has called Mike Davis and asked him for his two hundred fifty thousand dollars back from the U.S. Open? <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what he missed out on. That, that was what his payday would have been had he not had to play as an amateur. It's fucking crazy. I know. 
I know. Although I don't, I, I don't think, think Victor Hovland's hurting yeah, though. I think he's going to be okay. He's not going to hold that one against Mike. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, I know you're a, you're a you're a Gil Hans guy, aren't you? I, I I do I do like Gil Hans. Yes. I admittedly I have not played a ton of his golf courses. Um, Did you see his quote? His quote. No. Pinehurst is America's St Andrews. Wow. Not. Uh, no. That's bold. <laughs> I mean, that's that's very bold. Admittedly, it I don't sounds... know if he's trying to get. I don't know if he's trying to get redesigned jobs at the other, the other six courses. I... But that is bold, Gil. I think that may be that may be a guy who has not yet um, designed or redesigned any of the golf courses at Pebble Beach or Bannon Dunes. Although. We might have to talk about this a little bit after the podcast and possibly uh, share it on a, a podcast coming up. I'm not really at, uh, at liberty, but there have been rumors that Gil Hans may or may not uh, uh, be working on a golf course on the Pacific Coast at one of those two major resorts. So uh, everybody listening, stay tuned in the next coming weeks. Boat, I will, I will talk to you about this when we finish recording. But uh, yeah, I, to, to me, that, that quote from Gil Hans is basically, yes, of all the major golf resorts in America, this is the one where I've had the, I've been paid the most money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although that being said, keeping the name in the news. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, hey, that being said, I have not been to Pinehurst, so I cannot say whether or not I, I agree with him. I just, from everything I've read and from my experiences, I, I'm just not quite sure how that could be the case. But hey, the, the guy designed a par three course. He redid number four. I mean, he's 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 got his footprint. You know his footprints and handprints all over Piner, so I I, I don't blame oh, the guy. He's probably proud of his work, and you know, good for him. Proud of his babes. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good for him. Um, let's see here, man. A- anything else uh, you want to touch on uh, with regards to the USAM going on this week? Uh, coverage probably starts on Saturday. It's it's we talk about it. It's match play. These kids are going to be hitting it a mile, whoever they are. Oh, man, no kidding. Um, yeah, time to find the next superstar. Yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be watching. That yeah. is for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Now it's time to address the elephant in the room, Mr. Boat. And that is, of course, <laughs> the the story that overtook the story of golf. And that is, of course, Bryson DeChambeau and basically the PGA Tour at large f- battling a slow play problem. Um, guys who are only hitting 65 to 70 golf shots around keep taking five hours to play a round of golf boat. And I just, I don't quite get it. I mean, I understand that they take a little bit longer because they certainly have a little bit more at stake with each and every shot than uh, than most people do. But man, what happened this past weekend and how it really boiled over? I I did not think it was going to happen that quickly. Obviously, with Brooks Kepka, you know, constantly being at the forefront, mentioning how he thinks slow play is just complete and utter nonsense and all those other kinds of things. I I did not think that it was going to reach a boiling point this quickly. Um, I, I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through each of kind of the different things that happened over the course of the weekend, but just at large before we jump in, I mean, what, 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 what'd you think of everything that was going on this past weekend and all the, all the discussion that was happening around slow play? Not good. Like you said, not, it's not good. No. Shouldn't be talking about it. Um, yeah. Bryson took it personal. Things were said to caddies and players and it's, yeah, tour hate. Uh, until they start taking money out of people's wallets and food off these players' table, nothing's going to happen. So you heard their announcement. There's going to be a new policy. I saw some meme 
for Brooks to, uh, Brooks's case to be player of the year. Uh, it was like one major, three wins, and single handedly. <laughs> Started getting slow. Got, like got, a, new, got, new, got a new slow <laughs> put into play. <laughs> I thought that was successful. Yeah, um, I, I, th- I think I may have seen that one. That was pretty, pretty spectacular. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate, man. I mean, yeah, I saw one clip where it took Bryson like over two minutes to hit an eight footer. It's like there's no, there's there no. No. Yeah, no, you don't have time. That's, that's four shot clock violations. Like, come <laughs> on, dude. Yeah, man. Well, so, okay, I'll, I'll go through it for everybody here real quick. So, basically, that happened where, you know, a lot of times a slow play, um, as I understand for people that work in, you know, the golf broadcasting, you know, actual live broadcasting media, is that a lot of times we don't really see or notice slow play going on a tournament simply because they have so many different golfers to jump around to, and that the broadcast knows that they don't want to spend two to three minutes just on one guy preparing to hit a golf shot, so they'll jump around a lot. So most of the time, we don't notice it. Um, but as the streaming part of you know golf viewing kind of gets more and more popular and you guys are just able to follow individual groups, you know, people that were watching that group of Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Thomas, and Bryson um, started noticing th- this guy was just taking minutes, minutes yeah. over the ball. Um, and as you mentioned, he took three minutes to basically completely fucking miss an eight-footer uh, was walking, pacing off a 70-yard pitch shot, ended up taking another couple, three minutes. And, you know, the looks on Tommy Fleetwood and Justin Thomas's faces were, I don't know if I'd say annoyed, but maybe a little, like a little miffed. <laughs> like just Probably a, annoyed. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like little, yeah. someone, someone came to his defense, too. Like, admittedly, those guys are planning their putts and swings around other players that are close on the next tee or the next green. Right. Um, so that's, I mean, at a regular golf course, you're not waiting for the guy on the next tee to hit. You know what I mean? So there's going to be added times. Uh, crowd control can be an issue. Uh, rulings, you know what I mean? Calling over a rule official, a rules official does not time efficient. You know what I mean? No. These no. guys are so almost hesitant now to where with the new rules, they could be second guessing themselves. So they don't take a chance. They call the rules official over for a basic drop. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, the whole Kucher thing. Can I get a third opinion? It's like, Jesus Christ, Matt. Um, <laughs> so there's contributing factors, but yes, the, the the footage speaks for itself. Right. He isn't starting his routine until it's his turn to play. And his, I, you know, you learn that as a young kid with your dad on the golf course. Hey, st- if you have a routine that takes more than a second, and you do more than one practice stroke, you get ready to start that thing as soon as that guy in front of you hits his putt. Mm-hmm. Zero exactly. time wasted. Exactly. You don't exactly. you don't walk around and look for a second view once it's your turn. You have already done that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really hard to watch. Really hard to watch yeah. that clip. That was that was really bad. Yeah. Maybe that was the turning point when he finally watched that clip and then kind of kind of changed his stance a little bit sure and, and that's the thing is like i i do feel that bad. was horrible yeah i, that I was do like, feel bad for that bryson. was like watching a train wreck happen yeah. live dude because he's like he is painfully slow man i mean he is he oh. is certainly part of the problem but he definitely yeah. isn't the problem you know there, there are so many guys on the tour that i think are 
huge violators of the the slow play you know the slow play problem he just i think i think as brooks mentioned it and it's you know it, it's just the way that it works is of all the guys who are kind of notorious around the tour for being very very slow bryson dechambeau is the best one of them he's the best golfer of all the guys that are you know synonymous with slow play and so therefore he by default he's going to probably be garnering most of the attention for this just because the other guys that play slow just don't matter as much they i mean they were just really I- I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. They just don't matter as much. Um, I posted a, a fake quote uh, in quotes. It's like, hey, Bryson, it's JB. Thanks, partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't I mean, talked so about true, JB. It's so true. <laughs> we haven't talked about JB. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. JB Holmes is just sitting back in his bar, hitting his lazy board, and I'm like, whoo, man, that yeah. is phenomenal. Um yeah, man, it's just the putt one. The putt one was was bad. When him when he was pacing off that seventy yard pitch shot that kind of went viral, that I actually didn't have too much of a problem because he was waiting on guys in the other fairway, and there was a couple of other factors that made it not quite as egregious as some people were making it out to be. But either way, like the putt was bad, and then you know, to go on Bryson's terrible weekend, just to go through real quick. Afterwards, in his Saturday press conference, he gets up there. A reporter starts asking him a question about something, and Bryson just cuts him off. He's like, "Stop." Stop what you're doing. Let's start talking about slow play, and, and and start and brings it to the forefront to start addressing things before the media really gets a chance to ask him specifically about it. He's defending his pace by saying that he walks faster than everybody else, which I think is oh he started in with that, and I was like, it's come so, on, guys, that's just the dumbest argument you could possibly because the problem oh. is if you're walking up there to get ready and your caddy's not walking fast too, and you're not preparing for your next shot while the other guys are hitting, then it doesn't fucking matter. It just doesn't yeah. matter how fast you walk. It, it's it's a completely pointless argument and for a guy who is as intelligent as Bryson DeChambeau um yeah I mean he can't possibly believe himself when he when he's talking that kind of crazy I mean, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense um and then the one thing I felt bad is like there's a lot of players like Eddie Pepperoff from the European Tour came out and called him a twit on Twitter <laughs> and you just now granted that guy's has, a twit he has since apologized you know so I mean I, I think he came back afterwards recognizing that, that was probably not a good look um yeah which is obviously correct. Um, so he comes out. He's getting called names on Twitter by people all over the place. In part of that Saturday media session, on top of defending his pace of play by saying that he walks fast, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, and honestly, do I hit, take longer than 40 seconds to hit a shot once in a while? Sure, but that's like 5% of the time. And then 10 minutes yeah. later, that number's 10%. And really, 10% yeah. is about one-fifth of <laughs> what it actually ends up being. Because Andy Johnson at the fried egg... Just- Oh, I, I don't know if you saw this. But... He should have just made his publishers should have made a statement. Oh my gosh, he sh- he dug himself this hole, but it's hopefully it's, hopefully it's behind us. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I don't know if you yeah. saw, but Andy Johnson at the Fried Egg uh, did a thing at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach where he followed the group, I think, of Kevin Kisner, Justin Thomas, and Bryson DeChambeau around, and actually had a stopwatch and basically was timing guys from the moment it was their turn to hit until the time they st- they struck the ball, and basically we filed him and categorized him into like shots off the tee approach shots you know putts and things like that and yeah it was insane how much slower Bryson DeChambeau was than the other two guys and we're not talking by like five or ten seconds like Kevin Kisner's out there taking 20 seconds to hit a golf shot and Bryson DeChambeau's taking 90 like it, it, it it's it's crazy crazy I mean, it, it, anybody listening if you haven't had a chance to go watch it that was actually a really interesting read from the Friday I, I would encourage you guys to go check that out but I mean it's just it's so slow and it's consistently slow but then it gets worse in that same Saturday press conference where he's talking about how his pace of walking is what makes it okay. Then he starts blaming caddies. 
that that that's yeah. what that that's what my brain just started to melt. Boat, I I I, I couldn't understand what the hell he was talking. Did, did that make any sense to you? No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Good. No. <laughs> All right. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going as crazy as I thought. <laughs> it, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> you guys starts blaming caddies, uh, and then even Lynch starts reporting the same thing you were talking about at the top of the podcast, yeah. where he's waiting for Brooks Kepka's caddy on the putting green, tell him. Hey, yeah. I want to talk to your boss. He wants to talk shit about me. You tell him to talk it to my face. And then yeah. Brooks Kepka, obviously being much more physically imposing than any other <laughs> any other member of the PJ Tour, is like, oh, this guy wants hey, to talk. Don't, hey, yeah, Bryson right. is not small. No, he's not small. That that, that is true. Uh, he is not small. He's he's taller than Brooks, and maybe not quite as strong, but he's a bear. Yes, uh, he's I, one of the bigger guys out there. I would not want to fight Bryson. That that, that no. I, I'll, I'll, no, I'll no. put that out there right now, Bryson. I hope I hope you don't think I'm talking shit about you right now. I'm just, I'm just going through <laughs> everything. You know, you're a very talented, very talented California native. Love the I'm golf. Very proud of. Just, yeah, love, love the golf. Just don't love, love the pace. Love you on many many cup exactly. teams <laughs> exactly. in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So then, and obviously, then Brooks went and had a conversation with him. Apparently, the two had a very amicable conversation. They hashed things out. There were no, you know, no. It wasn't a heated I, exchange by any means. It, it I was mean, at the end of the important. day, they're. I'm sure they're both like, so, hey, are you still fucking filthy rich? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we get to play golf? Yep. Uh, <laughs> why are we that mad? What? We're not on separate teams. We're independent contractors. Like, why do we need rivals? Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. not even major season. Exactly. Um, let's see. Golfer. Then So, after that, golfer Roberto Castro came in and, on Twitter and then started talking shit about uh, Bryson basically being like, oh, this fucking scientist shtick is BS. He's no smarter than the rest of us. That's where I was kind of like, all right, now this is just getting like weirdly personal. And I'm, I just I don't like this. So this is where basically Twitter and the Internet is starting that's to the take Georgia this conversation. Te- that's the Georgia Tech coming out in Roberto. Oh, geez. I, I just it doesn't. It he just, thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Right. And, and here's the thing. Like, I obviously, you know, if Bryson DeChambeau was a, a, a literal scientist, you know, we would know. But I, I still I feel pretty confident saying that Bryson DeChambeau is definitely one of the more intelligent guys playing on the PGA Tour. I think to without it out. Yeah, I mean to to say that like oh he's a scientist, I mean, it's it just kind of fucking disrespectful and ignorant. I mean the guy's super sharp. He's found a way to succeed he's in this game. Largest and, vocabulary on tour. Yes, <laughs> a lot of five dollar words up on the podium for Bryson DeChambeau. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I again, I it got weirdly personal and like kind of shitty, and I I do feel bad for Bryson DeChambeau, but again. As I said before, because he is the best golfer on the planet that has a reputation for playing slow, he's just going to catch the majority of the flack, which is yeah. unfor- unfortunate for him, but uh, it's something he just basically is going to be forced to deal with. Um, and, and again, I, I guess my question to you is, is any of this discussion happening if Brooks Kepka ha- isn't so vocal about slow play over the past couple of months? Probably not. Yeah, I I mean, he's he's been outspoken, but you know, clearly, who knows? There's probably a group of guys going, "Hey, Brooks, you don't care what you say, just do it for us." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, who knows? I mean, there could be there could be a large group of PGA Tour players who're like, "Hey, dude, I got your next dinner in town, this and that. You you're the biggest name in golf right now. Um, get your two cents in. People will listen." <laughs> That's that could be. That could be a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Because we know Brooks doesn't care. Clearly, Brooks doesn't care, and he says what he wants to. Right. Like, right. When he comes out and says, "Like I don't even care about regular events, and I don't even. Why would I warm up? Like, <laughs> if if you see me playing, then you know I want to win. Once, like, 
once Brooks Kepka shows up 15 minutes before his tee time and I see him walk into the first tee with a Bloody Mary, he will, at that point, officially <laughs> become my favorite golfer. And at that point, yeah, I will sure. not have any other option but to just go full full Brooks and just become a, an, an absolute fanboy. That, that is good. Same, out, same outfit as the day before. <laughs> <laughs> same, same mustard stain. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I know it, it is kind of refreshing how unafraid of, you know, conflict or at least, you know, having a a discussion where people are not, you know, just basically, you know, scratching each other's backs the whole time. I mean, he, he does not subscribe to the group think that has basically permeated throughout the PGA Tour for, um, you know, the majority of the last decade or two. And uh, that that in itself I find to be pretty refreshing. Also, what is also refreshing is anytime Brooks Kepka just gets to savage Brandel Chambly on the internet, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Love it. Oh. Which is funny because I actually like Chambly, like, sometimes. I mean, I, I think, you know, as an analyst, like, I I don't agree with him a lot, but I think he is very thoughtful and he does bring a, a nice perspective to things. Um, but, man, oh, he just sets himself just to get absolutely fucking gobsmacked oh, with some of the shit that he says, man. He puts himself out there. He really does. He, he really, really does. Um, actually, Price speaking you of, pay for being in the news a lot. Okay, speaking of as long as we're talking about Brandel Shambly, this is one, one of the last mm-hmm. things we'll talk about regarding slow play is that Brandel came out because obviously, you know, over the weekend, golf took a backseat. You know, everybody's talking about the slow play thing. And Brandel Chambly's uh, solution to slow play, I found to be a little perplexing for a guy that is always advocating for making golf courses more difficult for the tour pros. And that is, uh, he thinks we should shorten the courses, slow down the greens, and shorten the rough. And that is the solution to curing slow play. Yeah. <laughs> Brandel. You don't have to have an opinion on everything, Randall. <laughs> uh, you don't. You don't. I mean, you don't have to go twenty four seven. No, take a day off. No, and again, it, it's so crazy that uh, this this discussion basically became such, such a hot topic that literally in the middle of Patrick Reed's final round, as he is like making the turn, the PGA Tour issues a statement saying they're going to look into the slow play thing, see what they can't do. They said that they're going to rely heavily on shot link uh mm-hmm. to fix this issue which uh I, i'm not really sure but do you think shot link called the pga tour and was like hey for your you know for the you know the, the, the press release you're about to put out why don't you just tell everybody how how kick-ass we are and how we're gonna fix it and uh we'll, we'll kick in an extra you know extra two hundred thousand dollars in the next day we, 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 oh yeah sure sounds good yeah they might on. have yeah I, yeah i mean possible I mean, it would be the whole the whole press release i i mean i I'm basically parroting Jeff Shackelford here because uh, I, I, when I read it, I was a little confused, and then I read his comments on it, and he basically said it much more eloquently than I uh, was thinking it. But he's basically like, "This just basically seems like a shameless plug for Shotlink. This is <laughs> kind of this is basically just fucking silly." I mean, these numbers, these slow play numbers, are talking about you know collecting. They've been collecting for the past 13 years, like, and, yeah. and, and all of a sudden now they're going to start looking at them and oh yeah, well we're going to use this. to... Come on, give, give me a fucking break. It's going to happen yeah. when the, the guys on the tour finally decide, you know what, enough is enough, let's fix this. Because I, I think Tom Doak had the quote where he said, you know, ultimately, this tour is controlled by the players, and unless they want something to happen, nothing is going to happen. It, it is completely up to them. Totally I, I, agree. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, until the players are on board with uh, the officials tagging guys with slow play penalties, I guess this, you know, the last 20 yeah. minutes are basically just pointless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you, I guess my, it's uh, what we're sorry, talking but, about it. Um, you know, it's, 
it's 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 just been boiling over. You know what I mean? If people, those guys that are talking, some of those, these are uh, post round conferences. You know what I mean? Right. It's like they don't want to be at the golf course any longer than they have to. No. You know what I mean? No. But they're st- they're staying there and they're talking about it. So clearly, this is at the they, they want something done, and now we're we're finally starting to see it. Right. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully it's it gets sorted out and we never ever talk about pace play again. I I would love that. That would, that would be very very okay with me. Um, uh, the, the last thing we'll touch on here for the slow play boat is, does this have any effect on the amateur game or just not, not even like high level amateur like the USAM? I'm talking like guys like you and me. I mean, d- does any of this slow play debate affect anything that guys like us and people listening to this podcast do when they go out and play golf? I mean, is, is I don't basically just I don't think so because about? all all of us. I mean. Everyone loves giving their buddy that rough time. Yeah, there's always one in the group who, oh, whether it's Rob seven, Rhodes, if you're listening, I'm talking about swings. fucking you, bro. Yeah, we yeah, um, <laughs> multiple. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave their names out, but uh, I know Rob Rhodes is not yeah, listening to this podcast, so I, I feel pretty safe. There's there's those guys, so it's um, yeah, but it's for the most part, every time we tee it up, we don't want to be out there six hours. No. You know what I mean? So. It's just, yeah, and we can give our buddies crap, and yeah, it's, let's play in four or less, let's have a good time, let's get a beer afterwards, let's do it next week, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you don't want to, uh, I, I don't think it, it translates from their game to our game. Right. Um, zero spectators. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, we're not going to look that long for a ball, Kyle. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, we're, we are absolutely not. <laughs> We're not gonna. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. No. Okay, I'll I'll hit it from here. Just gonna take um, a, just take a judge Smales drop and, and and just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, those there's some videos surfacing of buddies. That, oh yeah, no, I found it. You know, and, and a, a buddy will get caught on video. Um, I've seen a couple of those on Instagram. It's great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, none of us are qualifying. None of us are in, in a qualifier. You're out there. You're paying. Uh, you know, it, it could be a little warm. Uh, you might have a dinner to go to afterwards. You're out there to get your, your money's worth and no one likes waiting in between shots. Right. 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 hundred percent. Um, all right. Well, now that we have thoroughly beat the slow play discussion, just right <laughs> down into the ground, let, let's go to something a little more cheery to finish this up. And that is, uh, a couple of weeks ago about right after the last podcast you and I recorded together, you were off to go participate uh, in a golf tournament that I was really, it just sounded like so much fucking fun. And uh, again, since we are a Pacific coast, you know, uh, you know, centric podcast, yeah. um, I, I would consider Idaho and, uh, and the Northern Panhandle to be part of the Pacific coast. So you got a chance to go up and play some really phenomenal golf. Um, and I really? just, I just kind of want to hear about really it. I, we, we haven't talked about it. Yet. I, I want to hear how your trip went. I mean, do you mind sharing, uh, sharing was, a little bit with, the, with everybody? It was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Oakland only has a couple of direct flights to Spokane. One early, one late. I think we were on like the 9:50 p.m. flight. Get in. It was delayed a little bit. Uh, get into Spokane around midnight. Uh, rented a suburban, and then it was like 40 minutes from there mm-hmm. to uh, just outside of Coeur d'Alene in a town called Worley, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Coeur d'Alene Hotel Resort and Casino. Really new hotel. I think the course was built in, um, 
When was it built? I remember like seeing it. Two thousand mid or was it was it early no 2000s? no it was it was either it was either late nineties or mid two thousands. Okay. Um, that golf course is called Circling Raven. Oh, okay, uh, that course. Okay. There's you know Eric, the guy from Scratch uh, Scratch TV or Scratch Golf whatever he's Eric done. Eric uh, Lang. Yes. Um. So, new hotel, nice rooms, nothing extravagant. Uh, but they have a bunch of restaurants on property, a buffet, a steakhouse, a deli type pizzeria slash diner that stays open till like 4 a.m. Um, no, no live uh, games, but they have like video blackjack, video poker, mm-hmm. uh, video roulette, video craps where, you know, you, you hit the button and the dice jump up in the bowl. Um, it's a minute shuttle to the golf course. So you don't need to leave property once you're there. So we flew in Wednesday night, and there was three groups of us that wanted to play the resort course at Coeur d'Alene, the floating green. Mm-hmm. So it was expensive. It was 250 but it came with a four caddy. And um, great day weather-wise except for the wind. According to the uh, guys, the caddies, it was the windiest day of the season, and I'm talking – Huge white caps. Oh, really? It was 174 to a back flag, dead in. And I'm not exaggerating. It was blowing at least 30 miles an hour. <laughs> dead, dead into us. Was the island green and actually moving then at that point? It's almost. <laughs> uh, I am sad to announce that I hit three wood to the back edge. <laughs> One, <laughs> 174. <laughs> There's about 20 or 30 people up at the restaurant on the deck watching us. And it's, I mean, it was whipping and, um, hit it right, right in the middle of the green, uh, back edge. And it took about three minutes for our boat to get to the green (laughs) (laughs) going against the current, uh, things go, you know, parking. The thing was, he said a, a boat broke down the day before and they were on their second driver of the boat and, um, a lot of people before I'd been there were like, oh, it's not that good a course. It's just the one hole. That is absolute bullshit. Yeah. There are about five or six holes on the water. Uh, the rest of the golf course is a little bit inland. You've got some massive trees, some pine straw, just a really, 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 really entertaining golf course. Yeah. So this is about 20 minutes away from uh, Worley, where we were staying. Okay. And then Circling Raven Golf Club is I got it, I, I I got it I got it neck and neck with Resort Course Coeur d'Alene. Uh much cheaper, very affordable, great replay rates, stay and play package. Um so we played uh 36 Friday, 36 Saturday, 18 on Sunday. And Hot dog. it was I mean, if you want picturesque Great conditions, fairways and greens, great people um, where you don't have to leave the property. I got this as like up there with like Sun River. You, oh, know, okay. you don't have to leave the you don't have to leave the property. Obviously, there's only the one course at the at the hotel and casino, but tons of other courses nearby. Um, ultimate guys trip place. Ultimate guys trip. Food's fantastic. It's fun in the casino. Um, just really cool it was it was a really the weather was 80 degrees um didn't get overly windy go check it out online 
fantastic design. Fantastic design. Okay. Course conditions were unbelievable. I mean, so it is extremely spread out. Some of the view, you're not walking this course. Some of the views on this course are breathtaking. I mean, it literally is God's country. It's wow. fantastic. God, that's fucking phenomenal. Oh, it was. It oh. was. Love Idaho. Love love Spokane. Had a great time with the boys. Twenty four of us. Twenty four. Twenty four, man. Perfect size group. Twenty four. They they. I was just an absolute blast. Would do it again in a heartbeat. Okay. Very affordable. So what you're saying is, if when we start to put together the uh, the event schedule for 2020 in uh, oh, golf destinations, schedule. you think Circling Raven might be uh, one we should consider going to? Put it on the schedule. Okay. You can get a direct flight to Spokane. You rent a suburban or something. It's you don't have to leave property, Kyle. It's fantastic. Uh, you know what? Hey, as a band of dunes, you know, it's a stand. You know, I, I like the concept of never getting in my car until it's time to leave the resort. I I, I like that a lot. Oh, it was great. It was great. The people were awesome. Oh, dude, that sounds phenomenal. I, I, I can't wait, man. I, I think when we are done with this podcast, I am going to uh, – I think I may just have to uh, put a little research in and see if maybe that's something we could uh, we could put together for like next spring or early summer because that would be phenomenal. It would, Yeah. You, I mean, it's – it's they're going to get – you'd want to wait till. Early summer. You want to wait till May for sure. Oh, okay, because it can be a little yeah. a little cold up there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you are bit, close to the Canadian border. Yep. <laughs> oh man, and that's the other thing. It's like there's so much good golf up there. I mean, if if you had oh. access to private clubs, I mean, it's like Gozer Ranches up there. I I played up yeah. on uh, Lake Pondere uh, up at the Idaho Club, which is a Jack Club Nicklaus course Rock. up there. Which is um, oh, dude, there's so much Huntsman Springs. I think is not too far away, which is a David Kidd course. I mean, there's so much good golf up there. Oh, phenomenal stuff. Um. All right, with that boat, I, I I think we're we've pretty much got it, man. Anything else you wanted to add uh, to the, this little affair before we oh, uh, we put a bow on it? Let's get this pace of play behind us so we can oh. start talking about playoff golf and oh, everything. Thank God, that would be amazing. I think that being said, when the off season is officially here and we're dealing with uh, a bunch of inconsequential you know fall events, it may be time for you and I, and maybe we even bring somebody else in the studio to have a, a really genuine, lengthy discussion on possibly. If this is in fact the best way for the PGA Tour to have a quote-unquote playoffs, because I'm hoping that this is basically just everybody you know wanting to get angry on the internet like they do with everything else more so than it is <laughs> <laughs> like an actual like you know indictment on how good or how not good the FedEx Cup playoffs are. But uh, that might that might be a discussion for a later time. Absolutely. But uh, uh, let's see. Well, other than that, boat. Thank you, man. This is fucking awesome. I, I appreciate. You know, I don't know. if a lot of people realize that this this is a podcast this is a broadcast happening where international two yeah international international <laughs> 7000 miles between us and yet we're still doing it incredible technology oh love it uh all right well on that note boat hey, thank you real, very much real brother quick, real quick oh right, yeah i'm sorry go ahead rewatching entourage <laughs> it's so good oh by the way okay I'm, okay I, go ahead oh it's so good <laughs> So I good. Saw, I saw you. Make, I, I saw forgot, you make a little post. I forgot how good it was. Some uh, of the best characters, and I mean, naturally, we're a little bit more sensitive in what 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 can be said in the workplace and uh, <laughs> oh, is that true? in certain yeah. scenarios than we were, say, ten years ago. Um, and I'm pretty sure that ninety percent of the script would have to be eliminated, but it is still <laughs> so. So funny! I forgot how I forgot how good the characters were. Oh. I forgot how great Turtle was. I forgot how great Johnny Drama was. 
even E, I mean, Vince, it's, it's hilarious. It really is. It's like, I try and watch a couple episodes every night. It just puts me in a freaking hilarious mood before I go to bed. It's phenomenal. That's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I, I will, uh, but I can't add that to another, my other homework assignment, but I wanted to let you know that over here in the far East, that Netflix has a different variety of shows and movies available on the feed than what they do in America. And really? I pulled up here, and you know it was right at the front of my home screen? Yes. Step Brothers. It will be watched by the time we have our next broadcast, my friend. I will nice. finally complete my homework assignment. I, I will be doing that within the next couple of nights, and I will come back with a full report for you the next time we are, we are on this podcast together. You know, uh, I think you're really going to appreciate some I, I, I anticipate yeah. really enjoying this it movie. Was, it was actually just Shark Week. Just wait for that one. I'm, that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal. All right. Well, with that being said, everybody, I hope you had a great Shark Week. I hope you guys really enjoyed the Northern Trust. I hope uh, me and Boat are not talking about slow play the next time we come back on this podcast. Um, but I do hope you guys enjoyed the BMW Championship this weekend. It should be a really fun tournament. Um, and then also, you know, as always, if you want to support what Boat and I do out here, if you guys enjoy this, uh, you know, we, we, we don't want any money from you. All we, all we ask is that you leave us a, a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do that, it helps us get listened to by more people, and therefore yeah. more people can enjoy the, this, this silly bullshit and banter that we like to enjoy so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I don't think it's asking too much. No, it's not, I don't think it is. No. I, that's the, I don't think it is. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it is. Oh, perfect. All right, on that note, Boat, thank you once again, my friend. I, I mean, I... I don't think I'm going off on a limb here when I say it. this was this was phenomenal. This was a very fun show. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Not a blast, but I'm, I'm, always I'm, do. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again either next week or the week after. I'm not sure what your schedule's looking like, but uh, assuming we can make this sort of thing work where I'm coming on late morning, early afternoon, late at night for you, then I think uh, we'll we like be it. right back at it next week. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. All right, perfect. Both. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. We will see you next time. Cheers.